and welcome to the Point of Care Ultrasound Certification Academy podcast, where we focus on POCUS. Here, we will discuss all things related to Point of Care Ultrasound, the practice, the trends, and its impact on healthcare. Our program will engage thought leaders who are defining global patient care with the stethoscope of the future. I'm James Day, and this is Focus on POCUS, a podcast about current events in point-of-care ultrasound and the future of medicine. Today, we are lucky to have two great guests who are both involved in developing artificial intelligence for Cosmos Econos, a handheld POCUS device with AI adaptations. Good day, fellows. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, I'm good, uh, James. Uh, Thanks for having me. All right. So I'm going to start with Don Rainville, who has a love for medical ultrasound, and that began in 1978. He has 42 years of experience in medical ultrasound imaging. Uh, He has training and experience in radiologic technology. He is involved with ultrasound, abdominal, vascular, OB-GYN, and echocardiography. He is RDMS, ABD, and OB-GYN, RVT, RDCS, and RT, parenthesis, R. U.S. military veteran of eight years and U.S. Air Force radiology technology instructor. Primary areas areas of interest are ultrasound education, product design, artificial intelligence related to medical ultrasound devices. With him today, uh, one of the senior scientists is um, Bajide Ayende, who is a PhD who specializes in deep learning, a branch of AI, and he's currently working with Econos as a senior machine learning scientist. He is actively developing POCUS-focused AI applications for facilitating clinical workflows. He received his master's degree in engineering systems and control from King Fahd University of Petroleum and Minerals in Saudi Arabia and the PhD degree from the University of Louisville, Kentucky, USA. He is internationally recognized for his research and expertise in the use of AI for medical and traditional image analysis. So, guys, how are you today? I'm well. Yeah, I'm I'm very good. Thank you. All right. So let's just get right into it. I'm going to address this to Don. Uh, How do you you feel that uh, medical imaging and ultrasound system has changed over the past several decades, Don? Well, that's a loaded question. So uh, I'm sitting in my office looking at pictures on the wall of the second ultrasound machine I ever worked with. Uh, It has A mode, all kinds of dials. It has a Polaroid camera on it (laughs) and a uh, pretty sizable, I might add. And it also has this crazy thing that hangs off the side with an arm tied to wires and, uh, and all kinds of gadgets, which uh, there was no real such thing as real-time embedded in these machines at the time. They were a separate little thing called an ADR that we used. The probe weighed about three pounds, and uh, it's changed quite a bit because the current product uh, that Babajide and I are working on weighs about uh, – 23 ounces. The transducer weighs uh, about eight ounces. 
and has image quality and capabilities so far superior to what I started on back in the military in 1978. Mm -hmm. um, that is really prior to any formal ultrasound training. Basically, we read a book. Uh, and we were, as sonographers, kind of in the same boat as many of the radiologists who were just learning ultrasound themselves. As a matter of fact, uh, the first hospital I went to after I separated from the Air Force did not have an ultrasound machine. And I was hired to, you know, help buy one and to uh, set up an ultrasound lab. So, yeah, things have changed just a little bit. Plus, that machine was about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> I know they were giant oven size, like an oven, pushing an oven into a unit, moving ventilators, and it's so much nicer. A lot leaner and meaner now. Uh, Dr. Ainde, I want to ask you, I'm going to throw this one at you. Uh, so how do you think the artificial intelligence will revolutionize the point of care world? What's your take on that? Uh, thanks for that question, James. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's an important question. So and the way I see this is like in twofold. So how does how does AI going to impact expert users? So someone like a veteran like Don, so how do how, how would they benefit from having AI incorporated into their workflow? So the short answer to that is is going to make their life so much easier, faster, and well streamlined. So take, for instance, if you're an expert sonographer and you want to use uh, one of our AI system to compute ejection fraction. So as an expert user, right now, all you need to do is to acquire apical four chamber and apical two chamber of the heart, and AI will take care of the rest. So what do I mean by the rest? So the rest entails Hey, hi, looking into the clip that you collected, select diagnostic and systolic and end diastolic frames for you automatically, and uh, segment the endocardium border automatically for you, compute the volume using modified Simpson's method, then spit out the ejection mm -hmm. fraction, stroke volume, and, you know, uh, end systolic and end diastolic volumes. So all within seconds. So, and if you are, if you ask people, uh, someone of Don's experience to do that, it takes minimum of five to 10 minutes to do it, you know? So that increases the efficiency a lot. So also, you know, if you're an expert user and you're trying to like teach people how to use ultrasound. So imagine, so currently we have another AI algorithm that will help you label the anatomical structure in real time. So what does that do? So, so that leads to a better learning experience for your students. I bet, you know, like you have awesome teaching experience too and student feedback. So I think that creates like a win-win scenario for expert user. So how does it impact an inexperienced focus user? So basically, the way I see Hey, hi, helping novice user is that. So imagine we are trying to, so how we do is we try to digitize an expert like Don and putting them inside a small handheld ultrasound device and give it to novice user. So this is what I find synonymous to carrying an expert with you everywhere you go. 
So so that means expert user can tap into the wealth of experience of experts. So novice can tap into the wealth of experience of experts without the expert being present. So this is this I think is unprecedented opportunity to empower a spectrum of focus users. So this I think is a game changer. And eventually I think it's going to exponentially flatten the learning curve for novice users. You know, something I, I did watch the uh you had Michael Blavis on uh a podcast not too long ago and I was asking him uh the question of force shortening. So another question too I have that you know I really need to know is sort of uh maybe you can help explain um the nuts and bolts of how AI works with your handheld ultrasound device. Does it scatter a bunch of templates? Does it see if something if something's foreshortened? So a sonographer like of a Don's caliber is going to knock it out and it's going to be perfect. Uh, but somebody who's using it, this is sort of designed for people who don't scan a lot or have the time to learn. Say a nurse has to do a quick LV uh, ejection fraction. So how does it work? Uh that's that's a great question, you know. So the the math behind it, I'm not going to go into that because it's a lot complicated. So, but on the very high level, so let's say you want to compute, you're you're a novice user, you want to compute ejection fraction. So we have a system, you know, that we're going to release in the future that is going to actually tell you when you're foreshortened. So and and it's not only going to tell you, it's going to let you know how you can correct your probe orientation to to have a a very diagnostic and uh, very high quality image. So a and hey high is can empower you know novice user to make sure they have the right orientation and collect high quality clips. Can I jump in on that for just a second? Just sure, um, please, please. We've had some experience with this device. Now, what Babajide is talking about, there's a couple applications that have not been released yet, which are coming very, very soon, and you'll be able to see them online shortly. What we do with the image is two things uh, for the inexperienced user. Number one, we grade the quality of the image, and we make it very obvious on the screen whether or not you have an image that is usable for an accurate uh, modified Simpson rule calculation of the LV in both four-chamber and two-chamber. Now, you don't Mm -hmm. absolutely have to do both of those. You can do uh, a four-chamber, and you can stop at that point, but obviously biplane is better. The more information, the better and the more accurate. The modified Simpson rule is in the absence of significant valvular regurgitation. However, uh, we actually guide the user to that perfect image. So there is instruction on the screen as to how to move the probe to get the proper image. And when you get the proper image, uh, it tells you, yep, this is a really good image. Now, can you do an EF on a bad image? Yeah, it's possible but it's not advised. So these two um, programs that Babajide and team have developed take you to the correct image, then tell you you have the correct image, then go ahead and hit the button and the system will calculate. Uh, First, the apical four chamber uh, modified Simpson rule, then it will move to the apical two 
very clear on the screen, very easy instructions to follow, uh, pretty cool stuff. And beyond that, we're not only doing that on the heart. We're going to be doing it and are currently working on programs that will do kind of the same thing in both fast scan, in lung, uh, and in other areas of the body. But the coolest thing wow. when I've gone around and demo demonstrated this product is you go into a medical school, which we've been to several, and the student puts the transducer on the heart, hits a button that says auto-label, and all the anatomy is instantly labeled. Mm -hmm. uh, that just blows people out of the water. And it doesn't matter how you move the probe. It's not a gyro or anything like that. Uh, we actually taught the algorithm how to recognize anatomy. So you can twist that probe any way you want, and the anatomy will show up, whether you're 180 degrees from the true apical four, whether you're doing an apical three, whether you're doing a subcostal, parasternal long, parasternal short. Uh, it's pretty amazing stuff. That's fascinating. I, I was thinking of DVT applications. I'm sure you guys are going to work on that. And those are great, the fast and the long uh, coming down the pike now. But I think it was smart to start with uh, cardiac. I was a uh, cardiac sonographer for years and you know, you get it in your hands, but it's always, you know, things are foreshortened and bullet symptom and they want, everybody wants an EF and you just wind up saying eyeballing it, mild, moderate, severe. But now you'll have a, a calculation, a much more exact. So a question for Don, I think, uh, it's just so what technology has brought ultrasound adoption to the radiology and cardiology environments to now it's moved towards uh, becoming more, I don't know, you beat ubiquitous with uh, POCUS, point of care ultrasound? Well, start back with the early days, right? The, the ultrasound machines were large. They were complicated. And, uh, oh, I remember in the 90s, we paid $250,000 for an Accuson. Yeah. Uh, that same machine with the same capability, actually beyond that capability now is well less than half that. And what we've managed to do and what other manufacturers have been doing is continuing to miniaturize the ultrasound machine and simplify it using current technology, not necessarily AI technology, but just the advent of technology. You think of the Apollo 11, you know, the cell phone had more computation power than the Apollo 11 did that landed on the moon. <laughs> well, that same thing applies to all electronics, right, including ultrasound machines. So technology has really changed the playing field completely. These machines are powerful. They're smaller, easier to use, and uh, just make good sense. I mean, back in the early days, you know, someone was in an automobile accident or they came in with an aneurysm. Um, we did a lavage. We would take x-rays. Uh, now, an emergency medicine physician can just put the probe on the abdomen and tell you that there's blood in the abdomen or that there's a huge aneurysm. And uh, the need to go to a CAT scan now and, and, and potentially, um, you know, die on the table, those days um, pretty much over with. You can uh, go directly to the OR based on a, on a, a one-minute ultrasound exam in, emergency, in the emergency room. Pretty cool stuff. That is powerful. That is really powerful. You know, as a, as a sonographer, too, it, it took me probably three months, and they always said a 1,000 scans to get it in your hands, and now you've got somebody who can grab one and, driven by the AI, uh, grab that image, have it uh, on axis to make the quick calculations. 
Now, does it do anything? I haven't seen a demo yet, but it's exciting. I've looked on your website. Does it do any way out sonographer style calculations? Um, I imagine it does, correct? Like you could do a continuity equation or does it have that capability or is that just not necessary for POCUS? Well, as AI and, and Bubba Gide and company begin to develop um, more capability, right. this is going to be one of the few handhelds that in the very near future will have both PW and CW. Awesome. So continuity equation, uh, AI-led is pretty cool because we will we not only teach the proper view right so what do you need for the continuity equation you need pulse wave doppler you need mm -hmm. continuous wave doppler right you need a, a diameter of the lvot and you need a five chamber view sure if ai can direct a novice user to all of those things and automatically place the doppler where it belongs which is the plan then continuity equation which takes you know today an experienced sonographer, a novice will be able to do this in the doctor's office. It's so much to ponder, so much to take in. And I want to thank you guys uh, for both coming out for the, the Focus on Pocus podcast. I know you're very busy. Uh, you guys are traveling and making a lot of things, movers and shakers here in the medical device space. Uh, Mr. Rainville and Dr. Ainde. I want to thank you. It was great having you on the podcast, and it's an honor. And thank you so much for all you do to increase patient safety. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much, Jane, for having me. Okay, and listen, don't forget for more uh, POCUS-styled uh, topics, follow us on Facebook at POCUS Cert Academy and Twitter at POCUS Academy. Be sure to join us at Twitter at POCUS Academy and Facebook at POCUS Cert Academy. If you'd like to learn more about the POCUS community, visit us at POCUSworld.org. Take a look at participating in our POCUS 25 research. Help contribute to the scientific development of the top 25 point-of-care ultrasounds. And we'll see you next time. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are the views and opinions of the guests and not those of Intellios. This podcast is for information purposes only.